happening? First thing I thought when I heard, heard that song was, I like when Madison sings that song. That's the only way I know it. All right, so Fifth Sunday. I love Fifth Sunday. It's family church day. I like it when the kids are in here. There's more energy. Uh, it's just, there's noises. You never know what's going to happen around you or by you. And as I'm looking, I only see like three kids. There's, there's some. Okay, there's some over here. There's one over there. Uh, who would like to get up and do ten verses, any verses you know? That's daunting, right? It's terrifying for some people. She did fantastic. Let's hear it for her again. I don't know her first name. But that is amazing. I doubt I could do that. But uh, All right, so you saw the video about Jonah. That is what the uh, kids will be learning starting next week. It's an amazing story. Uh, Jonah had some pretty bad things happen to him, right? Pretty amazing things, but pretty bad things. Uh, God told him to go to Nineveh, where his enemies were, and preach to them. Kind of like God saying to me or you, hey, go to uh, Iraq. Jump on a plane, go to Iraq, and preach the gospel. What would probably happen to you if you landed in Iraq and uh, started preaching the gospel? You'd be dead. You'd probably wind up dead. You'd be martyred. Uh, it's a good example because Nineveh is in modern-day Iraq. It's a very da- it was a very dangerous place then. It's still a very dangerous place today. Uh, after that, he was tossed into the ocean. Who's been in the middle of the ocean? Who's been on a fishing trip anywhere in the ocean where you can't see land? Pretty scary, right? Water's not pretty and blue like at the beach. It's black. There's no ground. It's terrifying. Usually one of two things happens when you get tossed into the middle of the ocean or when you fall off a ship. You drown or you get eaten or both. Hopefully you drown first. All right. So in the military, I've traveled on some ships before. And when someone falls off a ship, the ship eventually, if they find out about it, they turn around and ships turn around really slow and it takes a long time. And I was never on a ship where someone uh, fell off that we found them. Ever. You typically don't find it. It's terrifying. Can't imagine uh, being tossed off a ship in the middle of the ocean. Big problem. And then, of course, worst case scenario, right? Jonah was eaten by a fish. All right? Now, in my opinion, if you're going to be eaten by an animal or a critter, a big fish is probably the best thing, right? Because if you get eaten by a shark, let's face it, you're not coming out of that stomach. A bear, hyena, rats. That's the end of the story. All right, so so a fish is good. I imagine, do we have the picture of the big fish? I imagine uh, something like that. I have no, we don't know what it was. Could have been something like that. Could have been a, a a whale, a shark, a whale shark. That's a whale shark. It's pretty big. That could eat you. Seemed like a pretty decent guy for the most part, Jonah did. Uh, bad things happened to him. So uh, me personally, I don't dwell too much on bad things that have happened to me. I tend to dwell more on bad things I've done to other people. And I try to remember a verse in Philippians where John says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about those things. I try to dwell more on that. But I've had a few bad things. I'll share a few of those with you. I don't mean to be a downer up here, but uh, a lot of experience with death and suffering. Uh, I've seen death up close. My father was killed by a drunk driver. 
a drunken, drugged-up individual. Uh, had a few friends in the military that were killed or murdered. Um, been in some car wrecks and injuries and was in a, a, a troop carrier truck accident. Was in a shipwreck, which was kind of fun, but as bad as it sounds. Never eaten by a fish. I was bit by a fish before. And a dog tried to, uh, really, I think he mistook my face for a chew toy. Yeah, that's why I look like this. Uh, but I can relate a little bit to some of the things Jonah went through. I'm sure you can, too. I'm sure you've had your own hardships and issues and problems. So last week, I was walking by Janet's office, and she said, Ben, did you know Charles Spurgeon suffered from depression? Right, Because I love Charles Spurgeon, my favorite. And uh, we talked about that for a little while. At the end of our conversation, we decided every major biblical character, bad things happened to them. They had troubles and problems. Think about that for a minute. Every major biblical character, bad things happened to them. If you guys all look up there when there's not supposed to be a picture, it makes me think something's going on behind me. I just noticed that. Every biblical character. All right. Is there a signal that you guys know? All right. (laughs) Perfect. I bet you've had things happen to you. Am I right? You've had bad things happen to you. You probably had issues with uh, death and suffering and traumas and problems and accidents. You've been hurt and injured, rejected, depressed, you name it. How do I know that? How do you think I know that? (laughs) I'm a counselor here, right? I know you guys. I know many of you. You know me. We know each other's issues and problems. Not all of them. Thank God, right? We don't know everything. But it doesn't surprise me. We know a lot of things about each other. Also, bad things happen to every human being on this planet. And it has been that way since the fall of mankind. For as long as we've been around... That's been the reality. In Romans, we read, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. We all experience bad things because of that sin. Rich people, poor people, saved people, unsaved people, nice people, not nice people. If I looked at you when I said not nice, I wouldn't refer into this general area. (laughs) Everybody, we all have bad things. And you probably heard the question, why do bad things happen to good people? That's what we're going to focus on today. I'm going to answer that question in about 20 minutes. And it will change your, uh, it will probably change your outlook on that topic 100% if you don't know the answer already. And in the future, when someone asks you, why do bad things happen to good people? You'll be able to give them a biblical answer, a concrete answer. You'll be able to give them something they can use instead of platitudes and feel-good theology. Now, I suspect, I know in some cases, but I suspect that you've been asked that question before. Why do bad things happen to good people? You've probably asked that question yourself. It's good to know the answer, but I'm going to warn you, it's not a fun answer. 
It's not a happy answer. It's the truth, but it's a tough answer. So first, let's do a quick survey of bad things happening to a few select people in the Bible. And the first people that jumped out to me were David, Paul, and Moses. So let's talk about David, half of his, okay, King David, the guy that killed Goliath, second king of Israel. Bad things happened to him. Most of his life was spent running for his life from someone. We all know Goliath was going to try to kill him before he put a rock between his eyes. Saul, the king, the first king, wanted to kill David. So a lot of the story is Saul, who lost his mind, was trying to kill David. And then a man named Absalom wanted to kill David. That was David's son. It was the most handsome man in the kingdom. That's what he's noted for. Absalom was like the the Brad Pitt of the Old Testament. Super, super handsome. Second Samuel. Then David said to Abishai and to all his officials, My son, my own flesh and blood, is trying to kill me. Can you imagine that? Your own son trying to kill you. Not only did he want to kill David, he was willing to kill everyone in the city. Because back then, if you killed the king and you were the son and you killed all of his supporters, what did you get to be? King. King. Also in Second Samuel, Then David said to all of his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, Come, we must flee or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring ruin on us and put our city to the sword. His own son. What a terrible thing. Paul wrote half the New Testament. He he was called Saul before he became Paul. You guys know who he is. At one point, everyone was trying to kill Paul. One point or another. When Paul was a Jew, the zealots and people who didn't like what Paul was doing, which was, you all know what he was out doing, were willing to kill him. And then when he became a Christian, the Jews wanted to kill him. And the Romans pretty much wanted to kill everybody at any any point, so Paul was on their list as well. We think Rome probably got a hold of him at some point and killed him. And uh, let's be honest, before Paul was a Christian, he was a pretty rotten human being. Acts chapter 23. The next morning, some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin petition the commander to bring him before you on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about his case. We are ready to kill him before he gets here. Conspiracy to commit murder. Can you imagine having that conversation with someone You lure him here, we're going to kill him. Unreal. That's just one occasion. There were many. Paul was beaten and imprisoned and harassed. He was bit by a poisonous snake. He was shipwrecked. He had his own personal demon. He had lots of issues, lots of problems. Bad things happened to Paul. Moses. Moses is the, is, is, it's very curious. A pharaoh wanted to kill Moses. You guys have all heard the story. When he was a baby. Hadn't even done anything yet. 
And then later in life, another Pharaoh wanted to kill him. But did you know that God wanted to kill him at one point? Even God wanted to kill Moses. Exodus chapter 4. At a lodging place along the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. If God is wanting to kill you, you are in a bad, bad place. All right? A bad place. His wife saved him. If you want to learn more about that story, read the rest of Exodus there. It's pretty amazing. Now, you may be saying, okay, I get where you're going with this, but those guys were not particularly good. And you're right. In some ways, they were pretty bad. They were all three murderers, right? We know David was an adulterer. He was a creeper. He would go up on the roof and look at other people taking baths and things like that. He stole the wife of one man who was doing that and sent her husband off to be killed in battle. That's bad. Moses murdered an Egyptian. It's bad. And Paul imprisoned and murdered and had murdered lots of people, lots of Christians. But what about Abel? Who is Abel the son of? Any kids in here know the answer to that? Who was Abel's mom and dad? Adam and Eve. You're not a kid. Adam and Eve, right? Was he the first son or the second son? Second son. Yeah. Pretty righteous. Pretty cool guy. Seemed like he was uh, doing what God wanted him to do. Let's read about him. Genesis 4. Eve became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And God said, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. While they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. What did Abel do? What did he do wrong? He did what God asked, and he ended up being murdered by the only brother in creation. He got a raw deal. He had, with that brother, he got a raw deal. What did he do to deserve death? Why do bad things happen to good people? Do you remember Uzzah? You will in just a moment. Second Samuel. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the other guys that were around the ark, what they did? You know? They were transporting the ark back to David. Uzzah thinks the ark is going to fall. He puts his hands on it to stabilize it. Wham! Dead. If you were walking next to the ark and it started to fall, what do you think your reaction would be, realistically? All of us. At least put your shoulder on it. Wham! We'd be dead, just like that. 
I really feel like even if even if right after Uzzah went down it started to fall, I would probably react and do the same thing again. If you want to know what he did wrong, read the rest of that chapter. Read the beginning and end of that. Jephthah. Out of curiosity, if you've ever heard of Jephthah, put your hand up for me. Okay. Fairly obscure in a way. I've never liked Jephthah since the first time I read about him. He, he's uh, one of those people that I really don't have a, a kind word for. Um, then he's, he's in the scripture. He's in the New Testament as a hero of the faith. Okay. Uh, he was a Jewish hero. He, he led the, the Israelites against the Ammonites. He saved the nation in many ways. He was a hero. Then he did something that, in my opinion, was really, 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 really dumb. <clears throat> Let's see what happens. Judges. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. When Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to greet him but his daughter? Dancing to the sound of timbrels, she was an only child. Now scripture says he carried out his vow. And if you don't believe me, we can argue about this. In the seminary, we argued about this for weeks and weeks. And everyone tried to explain that Jephthah didn't burn his daughter, that he didn't offer her as an offering. Uh, so we can talk about that offline. But the, the Bible says he carried out his vow. What was his vow? To burn the first thing that came out of the door. Now, you're Jephthah. You're about to go into battle. And you tell God, I'll burn the first thing that comes out of the front door of my house when I come home. What do you think is coming out of the front door of your house when you go home? When you go home today and your family's, your whole family's at home, do you think a goat's going to come out of your house? <laughs> a cow? A loaf of bread? No. He knew. He had to know. Someone was coming out of the front door of his house. What did she do? To deserve that. What did that daughter do? She came out of her house to greet her father, who was victorious for saving the nation. And a really bad thing happened to her. Let's look at one more. Achan, after the Battle of Jericho, God said, I'm giving you Jericho. This is the place they marched around and the walls fell down and all that. It's a really neat story. And God said, Raise this place to the ground, destroy everything. And Achan deciphered that as, I, there's a robe that's really awesome. I want that robe. So I'm going to take the robe and some silver money. I'm going to take a bar of gold. That's it. Then he buried it under his tent. I guess he thought, God can't see things under my tent. No one's going to know. <laughs> Joshua chapter 7. God got angry. And then Joshua got angry. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the gold, the robe, his sons, his daughters, his cattle, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble upon us? Today the Lord will bring trouble upon you. Then all Israel stoned him. And after they had stoned the rest of his family, they burned them. 
Over Achan, they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. What did the family do? The Bible doesn't inform us if they helped, if they dug the pit, if they knew about it. What happened to them? They were all stoned to death and burned and buried under a pile of rocks. So Abel, killed by Cain. Uzzah, struck dead by God. Jephthah's daughter. Achan's family. Seems like some really bad things, some really harsh things happened to those folks when they didn't deserve it. And don't we all know people right now who are going through their version of that? Don't we know people who are suffering, who are in the throes of depression, who are struggling with death and sickness and Parkinson's and struggles of all kinds? It's outrageous, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It's hard to reconcile, frankly. It's hard to reconcile why these things are happening to good people, isn't it? I mean, it is for me. Isn't it hard? It's not a trick question. You guys know that I will get you sometimes, but it's not a trick question. You've heard the question, why do bad things happen to good people? I did a 20-second search, and that was... Just the first page. There are hundreds of books and pamphlets on this topic alone. These are the ones that kind of have that in the name of the book. I've never read any of them. Uh, but we went through this in the seminary. You may have engaged in conversations about this. You may have tried to answer this question to people. God bless you if you have. It's very hard to do because it's a very tough question. That's because the question, why do bad things happen to good people, is a fallacy. It's a false question. It's a question designed for you to lose the argument and for the other person to win the argument. The question, why do bad things happen to good people, is rarely intended to receive an honest biblical answer. Hang with me before you start throwing stuff at me. The question is usually intended to cause doubt and confusion and to cast Shade on God. It's an accusatory question. It usually is more of a complaint directed of God. Why would God let this happen? And that's because people are angry at God. Because something bad happens. And people are in anguish because someone's dying or someone died, especially a child or someone young. Or they're confused or in pain or hurt for any variety of reasons. And those are very human responses. So because the kids are here, they're going to start making a bunch of racket, and we need to get out of here. I'm going to answer the question, why do bad things happen to good people? It's very simple. Why do bad things happen to good people? The answer is, there are no good people. There are no good people. Bad things and good things happen to broken people and lost people and sinful people. Sinful people who are under the curse from the fall and who desperately need a Savior. This is not my opinion. This is very clear in the Bible. It's very clear. Luke chapter 18, Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good 
except God. No one is good. That's not metaphorical. That's from the words of Jesus. Romans chapter 3, there is no one righteous, not even one. Not one. Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Even the most innocent creatures on the planet, our babies, our children, they're born with sin and they struggle with sin. Psalm 51, before I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I told you it'd be hard. It's hard. There are no good people. No one is innocent. No one is blameless. No one is deserving of only good things. No one gets through life without problems and struggles and bad things happening to them. If someone was able to do any of those things, if someone was any of those things, they would not need what? They would not need salvation. They would not need Christ. And that's just not reality. It's not biblical. It's not what we experience here on this planet. It's the way God made things. So in the future, when someone asks you, why do bad things happen to good people? And they will. And when you ask yourself, why are bad things happening to me? I'm a good person. And you will. I have. Remember, no one is good. No one is sinless. Everyone is fallen. Everyone has sinned. And everyone deserves what for that sin? Death. That's why God sent his only son to this planet to take on our sins and to die on the cross for us so that we could be saved. Amen? That's the good news. That's what you tell them. That's how you answer them and you teach them. That's what we're supposed to do. You wonder what your job is on this planet? That's your job. And if that's you today and you're wondering, well, what do I do? That makes sense. Then turn away from your sins right now and believe with all your heart that Jesus is God and he's the son of God. And he came to this earth to take your sins onto the cross and die for you so that you could be saved. And accept him as your savior. If you do that, the Bible says you are saved. And nothing can snatch you away from the hands of Christ. Amen? Let me have Tim come up for just a moment and close us out in prayer. I meant to call you earlier, Tim. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your son, that he was willing We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your will, for your Holy Spirit that indwells us all. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you're here with us each and every day once we accept that free gift of salvation. Lord, as we leave here today, help us to be encouraged, inspired. Move us forward that we would seek to be obedient to your will, that we would reach out to others with your message. Lord, that many would come to know you for salvation. We thank you, Lord, for this message today, for all that you've done, for all that you will do. Lord, give us strength and direction that we would bring you glory and honor. 
We thank you for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen.